Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It's the Mark Mark Podcast. I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. Not only do I love pop culture, but I really like Star Wars. So I'm really jealous of this guy sitting next to me because what did you do this week? Uh, I'm Mark Mazoris, and I uh, saw Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi on Monday. And I didn't. You did not. Although I did offer it to you this time. I know, and I just couldn't make it for you know scheduling issues. And we're recording this on a Thursday. The movie does, you know, this isn't like when they say opens everywhere Friday. Movies open these these big movies open on Thursdays. Right. Now. So if you want to see this movie, it's open tonight. So if you're posting this on Friday, which I think you are, yes. the hardcores will have already seen right. it. But. So if you wanted to see this movie, you could have seen it last night, so to speak. But uh, for the average people like me in this world, not unlike you who are special, I you get special. to see these movies two or three days, maybe weeks before they hit theaters. I'm seeing it tomorrow night. We're going to ask your opinion of this film. You give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Ultimately, a thumbs up, but it's okay. a little. It's sort of sideways up. You yeah, know? it's not all the way up. I yeah. Now let's let's preface this by saying you're sort of in the minority, right? Right. People are going gaga over this film. I, I've certainly seen some negative headlines, but for the most part, I've seen this is the Star Wars movie you're right. waiting for. They've reinvented Star Wars. Right. All these things I didn't exactly feel. And like. have they reinvented Star Wars? With this movie? Well, that's one thing I think you can say positive about this movie. We, we've talked ad nauseum about By it. By the way, we're talking about The Last Jedi. We haven't officially given the title. Right, and as I tried to do on my review that went up Tuesday, we're going to try to avoid spoilers. I, I tried to. It's a difficult movie to write about because you want to be even more spoiler-sensitive than the average movie. Yeah. Um, so to get into things, to get into a lot of little things I didn't really care for, we'd have to get into story choices they made, which I don't want to do. Right. Um, so what was your question? Um... No, Don't, so I was going to say, is, is yeah. this like a new direction in, of this of this franchise? First of all, it's two and a half hours, so it's a long movie. I think the last one was two ten, maybe two fifteen. Does it feel long? It did feel long, really. Too. Yeah, that's not um, a good sign. It kind of felt like one of these, but but part of that is as I get older and I see more and more movies, I get tired of these these big summer action movies. I feel like they're never going to end because they pile on like. You think they're in the last climactic sequence? No, there's a whole other thing you got to right. go through, and this kind of felt like that to really? me. Really. Um, but yeah, we talked ad nauseum about how the force awakens from 2015 in a lot of ways is kind of a rehash of 1977's A New Hope. It's dressed up. There are new characters, but a lot of the same stuff happens when you boil it down. So you're like, well, this, are they going to do that with, uh, is this going to be the empire strikes back, you know, redux. Right. And there are certainly some parallels, which I write about, but for the most part, no, this does feel like its own. Own movie, it has kind of its own rhythms. I didn't always like those rhythms, but it doesn't feel like. And again, I don't want to say like what surprised me, what didn't, but I was a little surprised just in some choices they made that made it not feel like maybe the second episode of a trilogy. If that makes sense. Okay. I don't want to say more. Now, Ryan Johnson is is the director of and the writer. Oh, and the writer. And that's a big deal because it it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the J.J. Abrams written movie. It feels like a Ryan Johnson. I think people are have a, an affinity, a love for the original trilogy. Original trilogy. I should hope so. Star Wars, Empire, but you know, look, there's some young people out there who probably identify only with the prequels. I had a family Christmas thing on Saturday, and my I guess he's my cousin, basically my cousin's right. kid. He got some Star Wars stuff, and he leaned back in his chair and he dropped a quote about Darth Darth Plagueis the Wise, and I'm like. 
kids today. Well, that's not. That's I couldn't believe point. it. You know, we're we're in our forties. I couldn't believe it. We grew up with this original trilogy. You know, stuff that people. You know, it's obviously more revered. I think it's got a bigger There's stronghold no in the in the pop culture world. But there are people who still really do love and appreciate these prequels. I guess my question is, you know, the feel of a Star Wars movie to me is, you know, Empire Strikes Back, the original. Does this have that feel, or is it? You've mentioned how it's kind of a, almost feels like a standalone film. Do you get that Star Wars I, I don't feeling? Want to, standalone isn't the word I would use. It just doesn't have the same rhythms exactly as any other Star Wars movie. Um, to me, the prequels, if you if you watch them, they, they don't age well. I think they're very stilted and uh, they just get they're just kind of slow, and I think they're kind of boring. This isn't that. This is okay. still more fast paced, but. J.J. Abrams' The Force Awakens pulled me in more and got me more into the rhythm of the story and swept away in it than this one does. This one just kept me... I told you before we started recording, this movie's following so many groups of characters, probably five throughout the story, Mm -hmm. and it's constantly bouncing among them, and it really hurt me getting just really invested in, in what was going on. You know, I just didn't... I thought a couple things were just ginned up. Well, you gotta give this guy something to do. You gotta give that guy something to do. Right. Uh, I just don't think it ultimately ended up in the best movie. We're not going to we're not going to spoil things, but I will ask you this: you know, obviously, the Force Awakens left a lot of questions unanswered. Will a Star Wars fan going into this movie come out feeling satisfied that some or a lot of these questions will be answered? We all know the questions: who was Ray? Who is she related to? Who who are her parent or parents? Whatever. Um, who, who the heck is Snoke all about this Supreme Leader Snoke? You know, what's up with Kylo Ren and blah, blah, blah. So are we gonna, do you want a one-word answer? Yes. No. Okay. Is that very... Do you get some? You get some. Not satisfactory enough in your mind? Yeah, again, I want to talk about it after you see the movie. Um, right. But I'd say on a along that line of thinking, answers to questions, ultimately was it a satisfying experience in that? It was not. Did that ruin your movie-going experience? It didn't ruin it, okay. but it was just another thing that I didn't think was great. Right. You know. Huh. Where does this? Uh, where would you rank this one now? Along, let's get the prequels out of it. Are you a fan of the prequels? Do they make your top five or four? What? There are there are individual sequences in the prequels I really really like. No, does that count? <laughs> no, I will always want to. I'll, I'll every once I'll throw in the DVD because I want to watch. Look, Obi-Wan. Phantom Menace. Lightsaber duel is fantastic. It's the best lightsaber duel in the whole right. series. They still haven't topped it. Right. I, I love watching that. I like the boat. I like the Django Fett Obi Wan fight. In, yeah. In, but for the most part, at no. the end of Sith, that was pretty pretty pretty, cool. pretty good. Yeah. Seeing Darth Vader's mask put on. For the I first haven't time. given this a lot of thought, but this would so, probably be my so fifth favorite Star Wars after one viewing. Now I've seen all the other ones right. more times. It's not fair, but what would what would be your okay? What would be your top five or six? Well, I'd go Empires for me is first. Okay. Probably a New Hope. Uh huh. Then probably The Force Awakens, then probably Jedi, and honestly, this is probably below Rogue One after one viewing. Really? Yeah. So I remember but Rogue One has not aged well for me. I saw it a second I, time and I liked it less. I really like Rogue One. Rogue One does some really good things. Yeah, I really like that movie. And, you know, I, my top three is, you know, one is New Hope, and I really like, in, in some order, my next three would be Empire, uh, Force Awakens. Rogue One, mm-hmm. and then Jedi would be the would be the fifth one right there. So, and then you know the prequels, whatever. But uh, I'm really interested to see what, this movie because I want to. F- 
I want to, you said you, you weren't sure if this was a satisfying middle part of a trilogy. And I think that's one of the things people really like about Empire Strikes Back. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's just, you know, it gives you, it pulls you in so many different directions, gives you that awesome climax with Darth Vader revealing that Luke is his father. Um, d- does it set you up? Does it make you say to yourself, I cannot wait for this last trilogy. I can't wait for this. How, where are they going to take this story? How it's going to get wrapped up? I'm curious as to where they're going to take the story, but it didn't leave me dying to see it. Really? And and the same That was the exact opposite of the Return of the Jedi, right? You wanted to see what the heck happened next. Uh, you mean like leaving Empire? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to leave a star I want to leave a new Star Wars movie with that feeling you had as a kid where like not only can I not wait to see the next chapter, I can't wait to get back to the theater and watch this again. Right. And my initial thought was like, I'm in no hurry to sit through this two and a half hours again. Wow. Now that said, like, now that... So I, you will never see this movie no, no, again? No, 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 no. That's theater. not what I said. I said I just wasn't dying. Like, again, I want to walk... You know, there's all those stories in 1977. People went to the first Star Wars, yeah. they sat through it, and they just got back in line. Right. I want that feeling. Yeah. Now that's a bit... That's a great feeling. That's a kid it? feeling. Yeah. But I got out of this going, all right, I need some space. Now... Three or four days later, I'm having that feeling of it's not. I can't wait to see it again because I like. Do you it think so you much. need to see it again? I want to see it again to see if I can appreciate it more. You know, sometimes a second viewing of is anything. It, is it harder to like? Maybe you said there's so much, so much going on in this film. Do you need to? Is it? Do you need to absorb it more again? I, I guess I want to see. Okay, so this is not spoiling anything because you can tell from the previews. There's a lot of parallels of they're doing a whole parallel thing with Ray and Kylo Ren, right? And there's some thematic stuff going on there. And I'm thinking, my, I'm thinking back of what Ryan Johnson was trying to do, and I'm like, maybe I just didn't appreciate that enough in the moment. Maybe I would come to like that more. I just want to see if, uh, and this is the one thing I'll say. Like, first of all, Mark Hamill's back big time as Luke Skywalker. Good. We all know that, um, and it's. I think it's a really nice performance. It didn't care on a big level for like what they did with his character for the whole movie. Maybe on a second time, I would like it a bit more. I would, right. I would go like, you know what? That was a good use of him. So we'll see. There's things like that. But I'm not like, I wasn't like, oh, it was great. I want to see it again. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. What about Carrie Fisher? Now, obviously, she's the late Carrie Fisher. She died. Um, after she rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, just what a phenomenal role she did for years as Princess Leia carried that with her. Um, do we, is it, is it a nice, you know, I don't you know, does she die? She's, I'm not going to answer that. She carry, uh, I'm, just, I'm saying that's the big question. Does she carry on to the third film? And are, but is there a, is there a nice homage to her? Do they did they do anything to make it kind of special? I, I will say this. I, I hope this isn't spoiling. I got the sense watching it that they didn't do anything different after the actress died. Like okay. it was it it played to me like how it would have played if she lived. Okay. Uh, so that's maybe, maybe that's giving away too much. But. Um, I think you and I are in agreement. I think we probably said on one of these podcasts before. Neither you or I, if I remember correctly, are crazy about her performance in The Force Awakens. Right. I don't think it's great. Um, she's not great early on in this. And then they sort of take her out of play for a while. And I, this has been out there, so I don't feel like it's it's right. But Laura Dern comes in and plays sort of this resistance admiral or general. And she's sort of in charge for a while. Um, and they kind of kept the reason for that under wraps. And I was kind of interested to see why that was. Um, but I, the cynical part of me goes like, did they just not want her in all these scenes? Cause I feel like you could have had her to be honest with you, you really? know, but, um, and I didn't think Laura Dern added so much that it was great. Right. But that's again, this whole Laura Dern <laughs> plot line is sort of one of the things that I felt wasn't great and just was designed to give another character something to do. 
box office. We all know the record Force Awakens set, and that was that was one of those rare moments in pop culture history. Right. You know, it, it had been building for twenty, uh, maybe thirty years since the last film. I mean, excluding the prequels. You know, I, I think th- I think people were as excited as this one is maybe when Empire: Return of the Jedi came out, and it was a connection from that past to this one. Um, that made two hundred thirty million dollars. I'm a, you know, I'm always thinking about these box offices. Right. I'm, I'm fascinated on the amount of money these movies can make. Is this thing two hundred million dollars minimum opening weekend? I, I can't see it beating The Force Awakens, you right? Know, because, like you, for all the reasons you just said, but there is so much hunger for that. I, you know, does the slightly longer running time hurt it? Maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't get the sense that like people are as much like I got to get right to the theater. Maybe they are. I don't yeah. know, but. 200 million seems reasonable though. Like people love Star Wars. I like, I couldn't wait to see it. I'm a fan at the end of the day. Right. You know? So, um, I, I guess I'd be, I'm a little more interested in what kind of repeat viewing it will get because, and again, other people liked it more than I do. I can't, I can't see myself seeing this as many times as I went to see the force awakens right. in the theater and you saw it even more. Times and you weren't even that huge of a fan for the force awakens. Were you? Right. I mean, you, you, not, you not, hated it. not unabashed. I liked it. I gave it three stars. I gave this two and a half stars. Um, I think at the end of the day, The Force Awakens is a more success. I think they more accomplished their goal. Like they more successfully made the movie they were trying to make. Right. Um, but uh, I just I, I will definitely see this at least one more time in the theater if it's there for months, which it will be probably twice, honestly. Because right, I think nothing beats Star Wars on the big screen. Right. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Right. I agree. So I'm not going to not. I probably saw the prequels two or three times in the theater, but I can't see seeing this five, six times in the theater. You know, it's interesting thing. when you look at Rotten Tomato scores, and Rotten Tomato scores are really. It's it's really I don't I don't want to say prob- problematic but it's it's really blown up to where people take it as you know when it's high it's great when it's low it's the end of the world you know it's so right. but anyway for this movie is is getting like one of the highest Rotten Tomato scores ever for That's Star Wars I think the highest ever is Empire at ninety four I think New Hope was at ninety three and I think Force Awakens was at ninety three and I think this one is getting I think either ninety two or ninety three. Hmm. So, um, I, I think that's fair. Again, you know, the critics are, are overall are seeming to love this. But my question is, the future of this franchise, the future of this trilogy. How do you feel about it? Again, I just wish I was a little more geek to see how it's all going to end. I'm really not. I'm less excited about it than I was going into this movie. Um, I, but I still and I still think Ryan Johnson is a good filmmaker. I just feel like. Boy, this movie gave me an appreciation for how hard it is to make a Star Wars movie. And I think this reminded me of some of these big superhero movies we talk about, just juggling all these characters. Yeah. Um, it's why if Avengers is a great, if Avengers Affinity War next summer is a great movie, it's because they really worked at it, because it's just not easy to do. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious, but I'm a little more interested to see what the, uh, the future of Star Wars is. Ryan Johnson, the same director, has signed on to... Basically, come up with a story for a whole new trilogy. Direct the first one. Oh, I didn't know that. The, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's out see, who's, who's, who's directing the, the ninth? J.J. Abrams is back for episode nine. So I interviewed Colin Trevorrow, who was set to, to do... Right, he got let go, right? He got let go. So I was all excited. Like, I've talked to somebody who's going to do a major Star Wars yeah. movie, and then he got let go. Um, so they brought back J.J. Well, Abrams. how do you feel about Abrams coming back to the fold? Well, now that I've now that I have a, another saga movie to compare to The Force Awakens, I'm back. I'm way back on Team JJ. Yeah. Even though, as I told you at the time, JJ's Star Wars movie I didn't like as much as his at least his first Star Trek movie. I think is just great fun. 
Um, but I, I think I'm excited to have JJ back. I think JJ really gets Star Wars. And like, look, Ryan Johnson put his heart in this movie. Yeah. I think, and again, most people love it. I'm just a yes. Yeah. You know, and look, the bottom line is is this for me. You know, it's not a, it's not in the summertime, but they make, they're making this a tradition, which is fun. And you know, like you said, go see the movie, have fun time. You know, it's it's our job is to pick it apart. But I think ultimately, I think you're gonna people are gonna have a fun time. Right. right. And part part of this is my personality, but I come out when I didn't look. I was super excited about this movie. I'm super excited about every Star Wars movie. But then when I don't love it, I focus on the negatives. There's a lot to like in this movie. Like right. don't don't get me wrong. Like I don't think it's any spoiler because you know the Millennium Falcon goes to Luke's this island where Luke is at the right. end of the last movie. So like. It's great to see Luke back with R2. Like, they're seeing yeah. the I don't want to tell you what happens. Yeah. It's great. Well, they, they, there's that famous scene in the trailers where he, they show him in the cockpit of the Falcon. Right. That's got to give you chills a little bit. It's cool. Um, there are just some great little Star Wars movies. There's humor. I'm sorry, moments. There's humor. Um, there, You know, there's great effects. There's a lot to like. That's why, like, I couldn't give this movie less than two and a half stars. Because, like, if you're going... You get bang for your buck. You get all these characters. You get great stuff. I just think... From a pure sweeping me away cinematic experience, it just didn't do it. You know what, Mez? You don't you need may the force be with you. Thank you, buddy. I may agree. the force be with you. Let's let's move on. There's one more movie coming out this week. It's gonna be <laughs> under a lot less fanfare. But I think it's going to be a film that is going to do really well on the awards uh, circuit. It's got seven Golden Globes nominations already. Watch why it is why why the Golden Globes bring out their nominations in early December is kind of confusing. Well, there's but, all a calendar for this stuff. Right. But anyway, uh, the shape of the shape of water, the shape, the shape of, of water, the shape of water, which is by, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Right. Who's, he's, he's big on the kind of the fantasy, fantasy horror, horror yeah, genre exactly. films. And this is sort of a, of, a, of a, sort of an homage to the 1954 black and white film by universal, the creature from the black lagoon, which I love, love, love. So I'm really excited to see this movie. And it's got just, it's just, it just sounds like a, an interesting take on this kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess monster movie, kind of weird, kind of odd, uh, odd film. But you really liked this film, didn't you? Yeah. Now I saw this a few hours after finishing uh, the Last Jedi. That's a busy day, man. It was a busy day, and uh, and it kind of reinforced. My disappointment in The Last Jedi, because this movie did just pull me in and sweep me away the way I think a good movie should. Right. Um, I was just into it. It's so, it's so beautifully shot. It's nicely written. Wonderful performance. Sally Hawkins, who's nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance, she stars as this mute janitorial worker in this government facility in 1962. Top secret stuff going on there. They brought this creature in. She sort of forms a relation, a friendship like a, with like it. Like a fish man? Or... Yeah, he's like, a, I think he's very much like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um He's in this water tank, and, you know, she has struggled to communicate with a lot of people. She knows sign language, but she strikes, and he, he can't speak verbally either, so they just find a way to communicate with each other and develop this sort of bond over the course of the movie, and then there's sort of this adventure. Um, Doug Jones, who's currently on Star Trek Discovery, and he's kind of a regular in Guillermo del Toro's movies, he plays the creature. It's so nice to have a creature, I'm not, maybe they used a little bit of digital effects, but it's basically a man in some prosthetics and a costume. Right. And he's just this, if you, if you know, he's like this wiry sort of body type. And he just gives a great performance. She gives a great performance. The, the, the cinematography is fantastic. Uh, maybe I'm overselling this movie because it's not like you can't kind of figure out where things are going. But it's just so nicely done. Loved it. Do you, would you consider this one of the top films of the year? It's going to be in my top ten for sure. I haven't, I still have films to see. I haven't really sorted it out. But it'll definitely be in my top ten. 
you you've seen a lot of the the big ones so far. You seen the post, right? I've seen the post. Yeah, um, that'll did, be my top. 10. Did you see the disaster artist? I have not yet. No. And you've seen uh, what are some of the other? Uh, Darkest one? Hour is another one I really like. That's finally coming out in Cleveland next week. Right. That's the one with uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is just a knockout as Winston Churchill. Right. That's that sounds interesting. I think like I can't remember an end of this, of a calendar year with movies in a long time this strong. It happens more than you think, but this year does seem particularly loaded. Now, the, the, the flip side is, you know how gaga I was for La La Land last year. No film that has... Was, that film has grown on me. I got it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. No film has completely... Has, has given me, like, I walk up going, that's your Oscar winner, even yeah. though I ultimately was wrong. Um, but there's just a lot of, like, three and a half star stuff. I didn't quite go that high. My, I'll have a review next week. Also opening next week is um, Downsize Me, which is really interesting and well Was that good? It is good. It is good. That's, the trailer is kind of... That's the movie with Matt Damon where they voluntarily shrink themselves. Right. To I think it's like 0.9% of themselves or 0.0. Why they do it, it seems a little uncertain. Well, we've got an ever-growing population on the same size Earth, and we're more humans, taking up more space and making more garbage and okay. using more resources. So it's sort of a, there's a big environmental message in this movie. Right. That and sounds interesting a little bit. It's really interesting. Um, you know, is it? Per, I, I couldn't quite get to three and a half stars. I'm giving it three stars, but I liked it a lot. So. You know, I'm saying that movie's really good, and it's below all these other ones for me. So. Right. By the way, Shape of Water does come out this weekend, December 15th. It's in. I, in I've yeah. seen it, it's like Cedar Lee, maybe Valley View. Down yeah, Cinemark. I don't think it'll be wide, wide. I think it's already in some cities. You know? Right. So I, you know, I just think uh, these kind of movies kind of just, just kind of sneak up on you, and you're like, wow, what, what the heck? This is incredible. Now, what is interesting about that film is that I did listen to a podcast with Guillermo del Toro, which was fascinating. Movie was made for less than twenty million dollars, and I heard this movie is just visually stunning. How do you think they pulled it off? Well, first of all, they don't have even though they have some recognizable actors, they don't have a Brad Pitt, they don't have right. a twenty million dollar man, you know, right. taking up the. So that's part of it. They don't have um, big expensive location shoots. A, a lot, of, a lot of what takes place is in this lab. A lot of what takes place is in her apartment. Uh, you know, there's some exterior stuff, but like that's just a lot cheaper than you know, going to elaborate right. locations. So that doesn't shock me that you say that, but that is quite a bargain. I think this movie could make a nice profit. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. I think I'm going to try to try to get both of them in this weekend. Shape of Water and, and Last Shape. Uh, I'll be interested to what you think about both, especially Star Wars. So let's get into one more thing that maybe crosses over to both pop culture and sports. Fox announced an agreement where Disney bought them out bought much of their properties, not all of their properties. So Disney slash ABC slash ESPN slash they own everything in the entire pop culture world pretty much now. <laughs> pretty much. For, I, this, I could not believe that there's this, this much money to buy something. $52 billion? Well, just think of all the intellectual what? property you're buying. It's crazy. <sighs> it's, it's, it's in, it's, I, and I ultimately, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even talk about this. It's you know, billion. I think it'll mean some good things and some bad things, but I think on a whole, as someone who believes in competition and believes in variety and believes in, you know, the more people making content, the better. Uh, it's hard to see how overall this is going to mean better content in the long run. Yeah. Now, as you and I have talked, what does it mean? It means Disney, which already owns the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, right. can now fold in uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four if they want. And Deadpool. Right. Well, that's part of the X-Men, generally. But yeah, because right. uh, Fox has owned the movie rights to those characters. So if and when they want to, they can make them all one big happy family. And I think you and I are both curious to see what they're going to do. My personal opinion is 
I think this this current X Men thing has run its course. I would reinvent it and then fold it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's I feel like exactly what they're going to do. Like I know they're talking like Hugh Jackman coming back. I mean, look, I love Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Love him. He's done it a million times. I'd rather see a new take at this. I point. think the biggest thing for me as a as a geek in all this is, I think it's going to be a little embarrassing for Fox, which I'm sure they probably don't even care at this point, you know. But once I think Marvel gets their hands on the Fantastic Four, and we know how unbelievably catastrophic their attempts at these <laughs> fast, Fantastic Four movies have been. I think when Marvel gets their hands on this that property, that could be an outstanding. I think that, that that's an outstanding get for Marvel to get because they got Doctor Doom. That's a great villain. They got Doctor Galactus. Doom has not yet been done right. On the I know, but if you do it right, Galactus. I always thought growing up, I thought he was the best Marvel villain. Right, and you know, and even with the X Men, I think, I think if the I think if Marvel gets the X Men, I think they'll do it better. And Fox has done a really good job. It's I been hit miss, but I think they started out really, really strong. I think the casting yeah. originally and the direction for the first two movies. Really and look, I'm, look, I'll, I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan out there. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't like the first film, but I think that's a hot property. I mean, that might be the hottest property. My, I'm surprised Fox gave that up. I, I look, I don't know what they've said publicly. My guess would be that Deadpool is such a hot property that they sort of keep that separate for a while. And you wonder, that. yeah? Wouldn't you ride that out? Keep Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Keep that your really R-rated property. My gosh, that's like talk yeah. about the the. the the, the the production uh, and the money they made and how they how they market it that, that that's just that is like such a home run it's, it's I wouldn't be dying to fold that take on Deadpool into a universe with Spider Man the Guardians of the Galaxy right just very you can totally, do it you could do you it you gotta change it up though yeah you know? You know, it, it it take a delicate touch I think yeah but I think for the sports guy in all of us you know if they're gonna I think it sounds like they're buying they're get, they're acquiring all these Fox regional uh, broadcast properties content, right? Which you know, you know, if you're an Indians fan, Sports Time Ohio own, was owned by Fox. Cas broadcast Fox Sports Ohio owned by Fox. That's all shifting over to ESPN now. You know, you wonder where that's going to leave everything. Very interested. I wonder what that means for uh, WKNR slash ESPN Cleveland. Right? Could they have a bigger presence on the? My guess is eventually we'll see a bigger. You know, Cleveland, ESPNCleveland.com will be this major presence. And right. I, you know, it could mean some good things. You wonder what it means for people employed there, how, yeah. how stable they are for how long. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a big shakeup. And it does make sense for ESPN because live sports is sort of one of those foolproof, DVR-proof type right. things, even though I watch a lot of right. stuff DVR a half hour later. Yeah. I think the biggest thing out of all of this, though, is where is the future of the war between streaming content as a consumer or a cable you know that choice between cable or streaming and you know fox which you just i this is i didn't even know this you before we started you told me fox owned hulu right fox i I think fox owned one of the big stakes in hulu so now maybe disney owns some but my understanding is disney will now have the majority stake there's been rumors if if you go online you could find this in a matter of minutes but that disney is going to branch off and create their own streaming like you know something equivalent to netflix right just call it disney i think next year all their stuff's supposed to disappear off netflix at some point you wonder okay like what would they have on it would it would it just be superheroes would it just be like that quote-unquote disney content like mickey mouse whatever you know the disney channel per, you know offers to children well look at everything they owned before this fox deal star wars marvel yeah. disney I stuff mean, you know could they branch out like 
sub sub channels like just a Star Wars channel, just a Marvel. Well, now you, sound like you, now you sound like you're talking more like cable. Like you wouldn't need to. That's the. That's what I was saying. Like you know, we talked about the battle between cable and streaming, and this sounds like it just could come to like a head where it kind of almost comes full circle, and you're almost back to paying what you. You know, that's the biggest thing in this this race is people don't want to pay as much for cable anymore because you can get it cheaper for streaming. And I wonder if it's going to come full circle again. But as me, still at least you'll have, at least you'll have, at least you'll have choices, right? You will have choices, but that's what makes it so hard, especially if you're someone like me who tries to keep up with all this entertainment stuff, part at least partially for your job. Like I can't afford every streaming service, and now no, it's, it's I Disney. What I'm like, is this one I'm going to just have to find the money for? You know, I mean, our, you know, I already have. We already have at our home. We have Hulu Live TV, which is great, and we have Netflix. And that's all. That's all we. That's all we need. I. That's what we don't know, say need or want. But knowing that you're missing good stuff on Amazon or whatever. Exactly. But I'm just you know wondering like in five years where do you see? You know, well, you know, Hulu probably won't even exist in five years, right? Who knows? But my guess. I mean, know. could we, you know? I think what if we just have a, a streaming ESPN station, and like I said, a, a streaming Star Wars station or a, a streaming. Marvel Station, and then like, right. and then uh, just an actual Disney. You know, it's just you, you wonder where all this is going, and if it's going to be there again, who's going to get hurt the most? You and I paying all this these crazy fees. Yeah, you can't save money for long. That's all I know. Do you think this is a good thing or, or a bad thing? Like I said, just, just ultimately, my gut reaction is it's a bad thing overall, but it will bring some good things along with it. Huh. Interesting. I just think it's. Uh, I, I'm thinking a lot in terms of movies uh, because that's what I write about professionally, and I just think you already have really big studios and then some smaller play. Like Warner Brothers is huge, and Disney was huge, and Fox is pretty big, and now right. Disney's just gigantic. Well, they own almost everything now. And like, you, like you said, that's probably not a great thing when one conglomerate. Almost no, everything. I guess you know. I want a lot of flavors on the rainbow, so I hope I hope that Disney will uh, still produce a lot of different things, things that still feel like a fox. That's movie. what's great about them. What they've done has been is done is done well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not saying that. Um, the dumbest thing I'm rooting for, Mark, is first of all, one thing that gets talked about bringing it back to Star Wars is that Disney will now finally have the right to distribute the old Star Wars movies and do what they want with those. I kind of hope with every Star Wars movie, they they slap the 20th Century Fox logo back in front of it. It's part of the viewing experience. Yeah. I want to see that spot. I know. Before, it is nice, so, isn't it? I mean, it's the most inconsequential thing. I want to see it happen. I know. So let's wrap up. We'll go Google Hardcore Sports in this segment. The Browns, we, we kind of handicapped the last four, no, five games because we, we, were, we were talking two weeks ago. So And the Browns, of course, had lost the last two. Now at 0-13. So close on Sunday. We thought maybe, you thought really more than I did, that they had a shot in this Packers game. And, and I was sort of right. Sort of right. You know, you know. look, they did a major overhaul. They got rid of Sashi Brown. My boy. Kind of your boy. Kind of my boy. And that, uh, that experiment is over. John Dorsey who was a kind of a free agent guy. GM, he came from, he was a previously with the Chiefs, did a nice job there. He's a new GM. And it, the Browns just couldn't get it done. 0-13, how do you feel right now for 0-16? More likely, I mean, certainly more likely than not. 
I still think the games we talked about, I, I, the point I made last time is like, you can make a case that they can win any one of these. You know, Joe Flacco could have a bad game Sunday. Right. Mitch Trubisky could have a bad game. Right. But I really thought that Packers game was the best shot without Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. they blew it. They blew it big time. So yeah, I think 0-16 is a lot more likely now. They got the Ravens at home. Ravens are fighting for their playoff life. They're not going to, you know, that's... It's hard to see the Browns winning. You know, how fitting would it be in week, in week 16, their 15th game, at Chicago, Mitchell Trubisky puts the dagger in them. Because, you know, in week, in week 17, in the 16th game, they're playing at Pittsburgh. Don't you just feel like Mitch Trubisky probably has his game of the year against the Browns? Don't you feel like he goes for four TDs and 350 yards? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Kaiser throws three interceptions. It just has all the makings. How do you feel about this, this move to go to Dorsey? I like it. I, so they got to get back to a football mentality. I don't think there was a football mentality in that building. I, I just want to say, first of all, Probably the right move to get rid of Sashi Brown, my boy. But I think Sashi did two years of dirty work. All these trades, all this stockpiling yeah. of assets. And now I think it's great that we have, like, there's just no question that Dorsey should be better at picking players than the Well, Browns. that's the whole bottom line. So, and that's, if you're a Browns fan, that's what you want. If Dorsey turns it around, and I'm optimistic that he will, although it gets harder and harder to be optimistic that the Browns will ever get turned around. But I think, I think Sashi Brown should be a nice little footnote because Dorsey. He did all the dirty work, so Dorsey can have all. They have all these picks and all this salary cap room. They are really man. Boys. If you were if you, if you were John Dorsey, like man, give sign me up for this bad boy. This is a great well, deal. You right? know, you go like, well, how did the Browns get a good GM or a good anybody? Well, th- th- it's a pretty appealing football job right now. If you're the one doing all that shopping, come April or May well, or whenever the free agency, you've got is. every asset you need. Every you right. know, you're you got probably the gonna space. Have a, you're probably gonna have the top overall pick. Yeah, you're gonna have another high pick from the Texans. Right. You have all these extra picks in the first two three rounds. All the salary cap space. You, you basically can do anything within reason if you're John Dorsey. And um, so I get, as much as I like what Sashi was trying to do, I think it's we're better off having a guy who has a track record for picking good players. Exactly. I mean, look at what he's done in these recent Kansas City drafts, right? Uh, and talk about a couple of Cleveland area guys. Kareem Hunt, right? Marnick, Travis, really, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Cleveland Heights, right? Yeah. Uh, just Alex Smith was a good move. Even though I don't think Alex Smith probably ever gets you over the top, like they're not – what they are without Alex Smith. Absolutely. You know, so I think the Browns are going to be better. Um, well, speaking of the Browns, I mean, look, they could clinch. They can clinch if the number one overall pick this week, if they lose. So you should be happy. I do want the overall pick. <laughs> I I don't want to own 16. Anyway. Think about that. You can clinch. To two weeks to play, you can clinch the number one overall pick. That's bad. Is that running the analytics that you just did? <laughs> you know, did you see Todd McShay from ESPN, his first mock draft? Uh, yeah, they had a, it was Darnold and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, am I saying his name? I mean, if you're doing that, if you're coming away from that first round, that's a home run. I, I know that's it's a home. It's run. come back a little bit in fashion to take a running back high, but man, you could sell me on those two picks. Well, look, because they say Barkley is like the best running back prospect. I think in that column he said since Adrian Peterson. Yeah, who knows whether he lives up to that? Look, you got when you're getting your first, when you're getting your quarterback if you're taking him at number one, and they're going to take a quarterback number one overall. I mean. Yeah, you can take a, court, a running back at number seven or six, wherever that that Texas pick is. You know, and I tell you what, you know, I, I hate to say this because it sounds morbid, but like that, really, that 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 Deshaun Watson injury was the best thing to happen to the Browns. I mean, that that might have been like a pick in the late teens. And I mean, it's distasteful to talk about it, but you're 100 percent right. You know what I mean? It, it really is. I mean, it's the way it's playing out. It's going to be a great. You wouldn't wish it on him. He was a. Lo- I mean, even though it was hard to watch how good he was because it, 
because as a Browns fan, but yeah. he was really fun to watch. You wouldn't wish that on him. Seems like a great guy. Does help the Browns. But, you know, hey, when yeah, when you get that number one pick, all bets are off. Look, Isaiah Curls is a free agent. I would say the odds are heavily weighted. He's not coming back. No, and I'd let him walk, honestly. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't pay him big money, I guess. Right. If you could draft Barkley and just slide him right in there. No, I think the payoffs, you're going to see the payoff. As a Browns fan, it's it's it'll be gut wrenching. Are you going to go to the parade? If this guy is having. I will not celebrate 0 16. Even though I'm the ta- the king of the tanking army. I'm so Harvey. interested to see what the reaction will be to that thing. He was on uh, the, the I forgot the guy's name. He was on. What, is this the guy who was trying to do it last year? Yes. He got a big uh, he got a big sponsor from I think Excedrin or one of those uh, aspirin manufacturers. They gave him a couple. They gave him. Couple thousand dollars. Well, I know last year, maybe this year, the Dan Levitard show, which I like, was uh, trying to get involved and oh, really? it happened. Uh, but I will not celebrate it. Was they they were saying that there a couple thousand people might show up, and I think I think you're getting it more just because I think of the curiosity of that whole. Well, situation. that's if I was ever to go down, that's why. But I'm not. I want nothing to do with that. <clears throat> so, Owen sixteen, last thing, and if they could turn it around with a guy like Darnell and Barkley, would it be worth it? For, speaking as a Browns fan, not as someone who's like a professional media person, but as a Browns fan, if they could turn this around, would ONC 16 be worth it? Yeah. All, what I've wanted since the – the reason I brought it, bought in so much to the Sashi Brown regime is that I thought, I thought they're tearing it down and they're really trying to build for the long haul. They're really trying to put in ta- talent, young talent at all these positions – and however ugly it is to get there, if that's what we get, if we become the Steelers or the Patriots, you're pretty good every year. And some years you boil up. Maybe you got a real chance to win it. That's what I want. If this is what it takes, or if this is part of the puzzle, so be it. But 0 16 is a hard pill to swallow. Like, what's the best? And the one, you know, these stupid stats you throw out there. Uh, the Browns haven't won a game on Sunday because they won last year on Saturday <laughs> in like two or three years. That's right. It's it was ridiculous. it Saturday? Was it? Was it Christmas Eve? I think the best thing I can come up with for the last two seasons is we're one and two against the Chargers. Oh my god, fifty percent, baby. Mm. So, how, are you excited for the holidays? What, what's how you feel about is Christmas? Where does Christmas rank for you? Um, as I get older and scroogier, it just means shopping and oh, wrapping man, and know. stuff. I don't did you get do. your shopping done yet? No, I'm. I know. No, but but everyone's kind of everyone's thanks, gift cards. And, thanks. You know. for, will you be happy you're not married? Because like I like so I tell I ask my wife like, like she's on my butt all the time. Oh, give me the list. Give me your list. I'm like, whatever. Here, and then where's your list? Oh, I'll get it to you. <laughs> well, wait, what? I mean, so I'm going to be out Christmas Eve doing this. This is, oh, it's frustrating. It's I was going to do some last night, and then we left here, and there was a snowstorm. Like, okay, another day I'm not shopping. Exactly. There I'm you go. not doing it. All right, we'll talk, for everybody, we'll be back after Christmas, so everybody have a good We're Christmas. we not going to do a quick spoiler review next week like we did last year. I should have asked you this before we recorded, or two years ago. I don't know if you wanted to talk Star Wars after you'd seen it, give people a disclaimer. It's fine if you don't. Well, we'll be back in two weeks. Okay, we'll do it then. Well, let's do it then. Okay, There'll right. be actually be the twenty seventh or twenty whatever. To, what's today's date? It doesn't matter. Sounds good. Twenty eighth, we'll be back. So, all right. Until then, two weeks from now. Thanks for listening. But by, by the way, your Twitter, where you're at? At Mark Lazorus. I am at M Poto. So until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of Twenty First Century Media and Digital First Media.